1: everyone and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Villano, joined as always by Chris Flom. Today we're discussing the Giants cornerback position. And Chris, I want to start with one player in particular. A fourth round pick in the 2020 draft, Darnay Holmes. Been around the block with the New York Giants for a little bit. He's 25 years old, 5'10", 195 pounds. Look, I like Darnay Holmes. He has incredibly short arms and I feel like that hamstrings him in terms of coverage. He had nine penalties last year, but he also had six PBUs he surrendered one touchdown, two interceptions through his career with nine total PBUs. So that's him in terms of what he's done in his career. The reason I'm focusing on Don a Holmes, Chris, the Giants can save $2.7 million with very, very little dead cap if he does not make the team the 53 man roster. And I bring that up because the Giants have made a lot of young investments. There's a youth movement in the cornerback room. We know they drafted Deontay Banks. Now he's going to be on the outside. Doesn't really affect the slot defender we know as Darnay Holmes. But Cordell Flott, they drafted him in the third round last year. He's being trained to play in the slot. That's what we imagined he would do. The Giants want this guy on the football field. They spent a pretty high pick on him. So what do you think is going to happen with Darnay Holmes here? Because two point seven million dollars, when you only have what the Giants have like three point eight million in cap space right now, so two point seven million that's that's a significant amount right now for a player of Darnay Holmes' talent and skill set. So, what's your opinion on this situation?
2: Yeah, I I think Holmes. he he might be in a situation where he has to prove to the Giants that he is at the very least more valuable to them than the potential cap savings they could get from having him not on the roster, either by cutting him or working a trade for him, something like that. Because, you know, once again, the Giants are right up against the salary cap and, while they do have, you know, all of their rookies signed, it, it's not like ha- with James Bradbury where they had to they had to create cap space to get their rookie class signed and still be cap compliant. The Giants are cap compliant, but like you said, they've got somewhere between three point eight and four million dollars, depending on who's doing the the accounting, wh- who you look at in cap space, and th- that is not a lot. They're right around, you know, 29th, 30th in the NFL again. And looking ahead to the season, you need a rainy day fund because guys are going to get hurt at some point, And you're going to have to sign replacements for those guys who get hurt. And that counts against your salary cap. So Darnay Holmes is he might find himself in a position where he has to force the giants to look elsewhere to create that cap space and he is an interesting player like you said he is undersized he's i would say stoutly built you know 190 pounds is not small for a guy his height but then he also does have those short arms and he is he makes up for it in in a way by being a very aggressive linebacker we saw last spring he was making plays on a daily basis in training camp and Wick Martindale loved him. You know, they, there were a lot of post-practice press conferences where they were singing Darnay Holmes's praises and everybody was getting excited for him. And then he has, uh, we'll say an up and down season where yes, he made plays for the giants defense, but he also hurt the giants defense with penalties and, in large part because he was just so aggressive.
1: I really appreciate Darnay Holmes' game when he is coming forward. I think from the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, up until about five yards, that's where Darnay Holmes excels. And a lot of the times, it's when he is diagnosing screens and he is coming forward. I think he is a very sure tackler. He hits hard. I really appreciate his strength, his pound-for-pound strength, I feel like is one of the best on this team. But it's once you get him into coverage and into space, it's staying in phase. It's reading what the wide receiver is going to do and kind of being a step ahead of the wide receiver. It's very difficult for corners to do that. But Darnay Holmes struggles with that. And then he gets really grabby. And that's where it gets really difficult. And we've seen wide receivers like C.D. Lamb exploit Darnay Holmes in the past. A lot of wide receivers are going to do that. But now you just got to look. Can Cordell Flott do a better job than Darnay Holmes? And you look at just all of these possible Slot defenders that the Giants have. Look, they brought in Amani O. That's an outside guy. They drafted Deontay Banks. He could play slot if you wanted him to, but he's going to play on the outside as well as a Dory Jackson. But then you have these Zion Gilberts, the UDFA from last year, who played a little slot. Leonard Johnson, a little bit more of an outside guy that you signed. He tore his ACL before the combine, or maybe it was after the combine, but it was during the pro day circuit last year and hasn't played any professional football. Giants brought him in. But your other slot options, some of them are safeties. It's positionless defense, right? Bobby McCain could play the slot. Nick McLeod could play play the slot. Can Trey Hawkins the third play the slot? I'm sure it will at least be entertained. Aaron Robinson, he's somebody who has played the slot in his college career and a little bit when he was during his rookie season in the NFL. So, can any of those players be so much better than Darnay Holmes that the Giants are going to look at the situation and be like, look? we think Cordell Flott at his price tag is much more effective than Darnay Holmes at 2.7. We're not looking to retain Darnay Holmes, so he's going to be gone. This could be a situation where the Giants are going to approach Darnay Holmes and be like, take a pay cut, similar to what the Giants did Darius Slayton last year. And you know what? It freaking worked for Darius Slayton, Chris.
2: Oh yeah, it certainly did. And that could be another route they go, particularly if none of these guys come forward as a clear cut answer at the slot i i think you're right i think the giants want cordell flott to be their slot corner to show that he can have the same kind of impact as darnay holmes now they are very different players you know darnay holmes he's we'll say a stout cornerback yeah on the short side but pretty thick Cordell Flott is the opposite of that. He is tall, he is long, but he is also whip thin out there. And he has very good feet, very good lower body fluidity, very good movement skills to go with that length. And we saw it at times last year and we saw it at LSU that he's able to use those traits to his advantage, but also he is very under well not undersized but it, very thin for an nfl corner and if you're going against a team that is willing to move at basically an x receiver into the slot to get that size mismatch can cordell flott hold up against those guys can he hold up against aj brown if the eagles move him into the slot
1: which they will and which they do. And that's where it gets interesting. Now, Cordell Flott was really young when the Giants drafted him. I think he was only 20 years old, but you're right. He's rather thin. They've played him on the outside. They play him in the slot. I think you're right. I think putting him in the slot is their ideal situation with Banks and Adoree Jackson on the outside. And I kind of want to pivot to the outside a little bit before we get to the ads. Deontay Banks and Adoree Jackson. How confident, Chris, are you in that as your starting duo? Say they are both healthy right now in a man coverage, press man heavy system. What are your opinions on having Banks and Jackson as your one-two at corner?
2: I think they could be a very good cornerback duo. I think they could be very good bookends. They are they are both elite athletes, like even for the NFL, among like the upper echelon of human athleticism, those two guys are elite. And they are both very good in press man coverage situations. Like they are very good corners for what Wink Martindale wants to do on the outside with his coverage. You know, he, They have the ability to live on an island with a receiver and match up. Maybe not take them out of the game, but at the very least hold up in man coverage which allows martindale to do all the other games he loves to do in setting up his blitz schemes however (laughs) deontay banks is a rookie and cornerback is a difficult position to play for a rookie yet there is going to be a learning curve there and we have to recognize he was overly physical at times in college he could get downright grabby and that was something we both noted in his scouting report and if you can be too physical for the college game you're gonna have have to do some work at the nfl level where you can't touch a wide receiver after five yards yeah, maybe incidental contact, but that's, that's it. You know, just brush. Uh, you can't even brush a receiver wrong at the NFL level. And they will make sure the referee sees them. If you grab, if you tug the Jersey, if you arm bar, even a little bit, you're going to get flagged. And at the NFL level, it's a spot foul. It's not a 15-yard penalty like at college. So while I think the ceiling for these two guys is pretty darn high, you know, we, said, we have said last year, Adoree Jackson might not be a franchise lockdown corner, but he is a good starting corner in the NFL. And I think Deontay Banks has the ceiling to be a good starting corner in the NFL. But there might be some growing pains on his way to that ceiling.
1: I would say if I'm going to be overly critical of the Giants starting cornerbacks, the trait that I wish I saw more was the ability to come away with interceptions. I think Deontay Banks had two interceptions in college throughout his time in Maryland. Adoree Jackson has not been a pick guy. It hasn't been his thing since he's been in the NFL dating back to his time with the Tennessee Titans. So finding and locating the ball at the catch point and then actually securing the interceptions would be would be one trait I wish the Giants had a little bit more of. But I think there's a lot of upside with this group. I think in terms of their discipline at the line of scrimmage and just how sticky they are in man coverage because of their athletic ability and their fluidity, I think the Giants have a very, very good floor with a ceiling if they can find ways to come away with turnovers. I mean, the Giants had like six interceptions last year, Chris, which I think was tied for last with the Raiders. You need to find ways, especially with an aggressive defense that's going to force quarterbacks into really bad decisions. You need to find ways to come away with interceptions. That's how you're going to win football games. you got to win that turnover battle. But before we get to the ads, I want to ask one more question. If the Giants suffer an injury at starting cornerback, Deontay Banks or Dory Jackson, who is that next outside cornerback? Who do you think has the best shot to be the next outside cornerback to step up and start? On the defense i mean i'm looking at O. he's an outside guy i mean i think a lot of these guys could play outside and inside maybe trey hawkins who was just a physical beast but he's a six-round rookie can you really rely on that i guess it depends on how he performs obviously but what are your opinions on that
2: yeah i think aaron robinson might <laughs> actually be talk about the me
1: i said talk about it
2: yeah i i i think he might be that cornerback three for the giants and that could even be something that holds him back from taking the slot corner job just so that if something happens and he has to go to the outside you don't also have to find a new slot corner but he does have similar size to adory jackson and Deontay banks he is a good athlete and he is a physical aggressive corner who has the traits to hold up in man coverage now i think he he has to stay healthy Yeah, that interrupted his rookie season. He had that core muscle injury, and basically he he never really got going as a rookie. And then last year, he had injury problems again. So he has to stay on the field first. But if he can be on the field and if he can develop, I think he's probably the most natural fit as the cornerback three, the first guy off the bench on the outside.
1: I think whatever the Giants get from Aaron Robinson, it's gravy at this point. It's the cherry on top because nobody's really expecting much from him, but this is a top 100 pick. This is somebody who a lot of people, I mean, I remember Jim Nagy just ushering praise on him during the senior bowl. He came in here. He had some really good plays against Philadelphia. That one game that he started with the Giants one. The Giants have not beat the Eagles in so damn long, Chris. But when Aaron Robinson, yes, there were a couple plays that he got bailed out. I think he was in good coverage, but. It was a really good pass by Jalen Hurst and Jalen Rager just did not catch the football. But I remember the fourth and two play where they set a pick and he worked over the top and then just clamped right down. I think it was on Rager, but the reason Rager didn't catch that pass wasn't because Rager just has buttery fingers. It was because Aaron Robinson was in great position. So I see the talent there. I see the athletic ability. So I, I would love for him to seize the opportunity and actually earn some snaps, but I'm not expecting it with those serious injuries that he's coming back from the knee. I think it was an ACL and a PCL or an MCL, not to mention he had an appendectomy a couple weeks before that. Obviously, that is now rectified, but still would love to see Aaron Robinson go out there and actually earn snaps because I do believe he is a talented football player. At least he was early in his career and dating back to college. But before we get to the rest of this conversation, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at
0: SB Nation.
1: All right, Chris, last year, the New York Giants defense, specifically at the cornerback position, it was decimated for a little while, right? Like we went into the season thinking it was going to be a Dory Jackson, Aaron Robinson. Can Aaron Robinson play outside? That was a conversation last year at around this time and heading into training camp. And you remember Aaron Robinson didn't do that great in the Patriots preseason game. Everyone was torching him and everything like that. Fast forward, he ends up getting injured. The Giants sign Fabian Moreau, who ends up being a really good and useful player for the New York Giants. And Nick McCloud, who ends up really earning a role and now could possibly be the starting safety opposite Xavier McKinney. The Giants add Deontay Banks. How much more now? We saw what they were able to do with veteran undrafted or veteran drafted guys from, from previous regimes and everything, the Fabian Moreaus, like I said. But now you get this first round pick that you traded up to secure. His impact on this defense, how far can it go and what do you expect in year one?
2: Yeah, I think that really does go back to what we said in the first half where the ceiling with Deontay Banks and Adoree Jackson can be very high, but what he does in year one, I think that will come down to how quickly he's able to get up to speed. Does he hit the ground running? as a corner in the NFL. Yeah. Is he able to rein in the grabbiness, the, the, the potential for penalties that we saw on his tape in college. If he is able to do that, I think that really does open up the playbook for Wink Martindale. We saw last year as injuries happened and just attrition took hold of the Giants defense. We saw Wick Martindale use a lot more zone coverage down the stretch and into the playoffs. And we know that is not the type of defense he wants to play. The Giants defense wasn't great last year, but it was able to come up with a lot of key plays in key moments, particularly when wink was able to play his type of defense man up and just hair on fire blitz just send wave after wave of pressure package and extra rushers from unexpected angles at the opposing offense and that was when his defense was at the bet at its best with baltimore and we saw at baltimore his defense took a step back when it was forced to play more zone coverage because of injuries. So having Deontay banks there, assuming he is able to play up to the level we were more or less expecting from him that we want to see from him based on his athletic profile, the way he is able to move his lower body flexibility, fluidity, his ability to be sticky, get in phase and stay in phase throughout the route. That will allow a lot more of these man coverage blitzes and allow Wink to dial up a lot of really novel pressure concepts on opposing defenses and you know, really kind of play at that level consistently. And I think it could have a profound effect on the overall consistency of this defense.
1: It should. I mean, it better. <laughs> they drafted this yes. guy in the first round. Uh, so before we get out of here, we, we brought up Trey Hawkins, the third. Look, I, I really appreciate his skill set. He got burnt by speed at the at the lower level of competition, but I don't think he has any athletic deficiencies. I just think he needs to maybe work on his footwork a little bit more and his technique, trust his eyes a little bit more, but holy crap, is he so fun in terms of being a physical nightmare out there. And then the Giants also added a UDFA named Jamon Green out of Michigan. I ended up going through his tape when the Giants added him. And from what I remember, He had some speed questions, but he tested well at the combine, but I thought he had a noticeable lack of explosiveness coming out of his brakes that allowed a lot of catches for on these quick curl routes and these quick timing type of routes. I mean, he jumped like 37 and a half in the vert and a 10-6 broad. That's not bad, but I didn't know if the tape really showed that as well as I I hoped, right? That lack of short area quickness is something that's going to get exploited at the next level. So to me, this is somebody who was similar to a Zion Gilbert from last year or a Darren Evans, a player like that, the kid from LSU. I think he's going to be an UDFA type of guy. And when you look at the Giants' overall roster right now, their overall depth chart, there is a lot of cornerbacks to choose from. Some of these guys might not end up making the squad, try to get pushed onto the practice squad. We're talking about Darnay Holmes possibly getting cut. Rodarius Williams is still on this roster somehow. So the depth here is is something to, to enjoy, I would say, as long as those top two dogs do not get hurt. But as we brought up before the ad break and earlier in the episode, it really comes down to the slot competition that I'm really excited about. But do you have anything else on some of these back end roster guys that we haven't discussed in depth yet? What are your opinions on them? And do you have anything that you want to say?
2: Yeah, I think the thing that's going to be interesting is Amonio and Trey Hawkins, because Amanio, he is, I think he has been kind of a disappointing corner in the NFL, but he does, he is a veteran, he does have that experience, and that Trey Hawkins, on the flip side... He has some really exciting traits. Low 4/4 four, four speed. He's 6'2", uh 32 plus inch arms. He is a long, athletic, fluid, explosive corner and he does show some really exciting things on tape that if the Giants can get him to play up to his athletic potential, he does have a lot of upside in his own right. And he could potentially wind up being a steal. You know, I I don't think being a small school product can necessarily work against him. I don't think that means he can't make the roster that he can't contribute. I mean, just look at a player the Giants should have drafted last year in Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Now, granted, he is, he takes those exciting traits, the length, the explosiveness, the fluidity, all that. He takes those up to 11 with just his athletic profile, but he more or less came out of nowhere as what a fifth round pick, fourth round pick, and was a contender for defensive rookie of the year. I'm not saying Trey Hawkins will follow that mold, but he so far has a similar profile. As a long, athletic, slightly thin, small school player with very intriguing traits. So I will be interested to see what he does in training camp, particularly once the pads go on and guys can start to be more physical. Because one thing we do know is that during OTAs, during minicamp, the Giants DBs were instructed to not cover receivers too tightly. I assume just to attempt, try to mitigate any risk because you, you really don't want a guy you're potentially relying on to go down to injury in June. That would be, that would be a big blow. <laughs> but once you get to training camp, once you get to preseason, things start to ramp up. And then I think that's when we could maybe see what kind of player the Giants really have in Trey Hawkins. And could he potentially... Or Amanio, could either of them potentially force Darnay Holmes off the roster, which is kind of the question we've been asking all podcast?
1: It is the question. I question Amanio's ability to move in space at at that high level that you need to play slot, but anything's possible, right? Especially with Jerome Henderson getting in his year. I think Jerome Henderson is one of the better defensive backs coaches in the National Football League from what I've seen just from how he's taken people who were seemingly just on the scrap heap, people whose careers were were a little bit in flux and just made them very productive NFL players. So I would not be shocked if anything like that happens. And again, like we say with a lot of these podcasts, it's gonna, we're going to learn a lot in training camp and I can't wait to cover it. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here, buddy?
2: No, I think that's about it. And yeah, it wow, we're, we're actually almost all the way through the Giants roster. Now pretty much we just have to talk about safeties.
1: And we'll do that next week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like, subscribe, comment to the podcast. That would be lovely. And then head on over to BigBlueView.com.
0: Check out all of our written content. Thank you and have a good day.